Welcome to the Wrestling Family Talk Show. I'm Ron. And Ashley. All right, before we get into uh, this week's AEW Dynamite review, I want to talk about a, a few things. First, I really want to thank Ryder. Let him know how proud we are of his artwork on one of the videos we posted. And also, you can't see the video on the podcast, but you can listen to it. It was the good idea, bad idea. We asked him to create an artwork for us, and um, during the video, I had mentioned SpongeBob and Patrick as a funny thing, funny idea for the kids to surprise them. After we got done with the video, we thought, wow, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool if Ryder drew SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs and put them in some wrestling t-shirts, and Ryder can, can draw well. I'm not just saying that because I'm his, I'm his dad, but he, he can draw really well free-handed, and also Ashley had got them got him this program on the computer that allows him to, to draw just using the mouse and different things like that. And I sat there and I watched him for a few minutes and that's all it took. He drew SpongeBob, threw the shirt on, made the letters better. We're like, Oh, that looks good. And then he'd be like, Oh no, that ain't, that isn't good enough. He go back into editing and doing it so quickly, clicking so fast and getting it done. I, I was just blown away. So I just wanted to let him know, how we appreciate him and how great he is at that. And I also want to thank Bryce, Bryce for giving me a, a lot of ideas, a lot of wrestling ideas, always there to help me out. I run ideas through him and he'll give me his honest opinion. Like you'll hear on that, that video we did. He's not going to hold back. He's going to rip into me if it's a bad idea and he's going to let me know if it's a good idea and he's going to help out as well. I personally like to thank Ashley for editing and for having to listen to me more than anyone would ever want to listen to me not only is she here with me and has to listen to me do it now then she has to listen to it again as she edits then she has to listen to me talk about ideas the whole day when we're not on the air and so i like to thank her for that i mean i honestly do the least here. i do the least amount on this thing i pretty much just like my one friend dougie said to some person one time i'm just throwing words out at you yeah. So uh, that's all I'm doing. So everybody else is putting in all the work. I'd like to thank you guys, and hopefully we continue on. And speaking of that, mistakes are going to happen. We're not pros. I make mistakes constantly. You wouldn't believe how much editing Ashley would have to do with my pauses and mistakes. And the other day, I completely forgot Chris Jericho's group. <laughs> I was there, and I was pausing. and Because the first show we did... I was treating it like we were live. You know, I'm trying to fill in the gaps, make noise so there's no blank spots. And then I look at Ashley editing. I go, oh, you can actually uh, cut that out. And I don't have to be perfect the first time. So it's a more relaxed situation. But on that AEW idea, bad, good idea, bad idea, uh, number four mistakenly got cut short. So I went on there. And I commented on YouTube. So if you listen on the podcast, number four is kind of weird. I'll just kind of give you the gist of it. So I, I go on YouTube and I'm typing in the com comments, hey, we mistakenly edited out number four, which was Tessa Blanchard teaming up with Brock Anderson and the rumored AEW mixed tag division that they've been talking about possibly doing. And I was pretty much saying, wouldn't it be kind of cool just to see the interaction between Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson since one's a good guy manager and the other guy's a bad guy manager 
So I'm over there. I'm typing it up. Ashley checks it out. We submit the comment. And then afterwards, I'm like, I'm not a good speller. So I was like, ah, let me make sure I, I spelled mistakenly correct. So I look, look up the word mistakenly. And underneath it, it has a definition. So I spelled it correctly. And then I looked at the definition and I go, wow. Well, it was an example. Yeah, an example. Yeah, it's not the definition. It's an example. I go, wow, what a weird example to have. I go to Ashley. I go, can you believe the, the example they have for mistakenly? I said, it says they mistakenly got her pregnant. She goes, yeah, that is weird of all the well, things I was to like, pick. I thought it was like. How would you put, put that as an example? I'm like, who would put that as an example? Yeah, so I go, yeah, take a look. So I pop it back up on my phone, and then I read it out loud, and it's, they mistakenly thought, thought she was pregnant, or they mistakenly diagnosed her as pregnant, something like that. It's not they mistakenly. You pretty much just changed the whole example yeah, like it's, you know, they thought she was pregnant, but she wasn't. Not that they mistakenly got her pregnant, which was what <laughs> I read in my head when I glanced at it. So way off on that one. But anyways, uh, the new part of the show. Let's talk about the new part of the show. We thought about this the other day. I'm going to do a question of the week. So I'm going to ask the question. Ashley might ask the question, whoever each week. But I'm going to, I want your thoughts on this one, Ashley. And then anybody that's listening, if you want to comment with your answer, go right ahead. But uh, the question is, would you rather be a one-time champion, but you hold the title for the whole year? Let's say you win it at WrestleMania, and then the following WrestleMania next year, you lose the title, but you held it for a whole year. You main evented all the pay-per-views, including SummerSlam, Survivor Series, the Royal Rumble, and then you lose the title. Or would you rather be a five-time champion throughout your whole career, whether it's 15 years, 20 years, whatever it may be, but the the total amount that you held the title was exactly a year. So you held it five times, but if you added up all your reigns together, it would just amount to a year, which means you're only holding the title for a few months each time on average. Same thing with WrestleMania. You only get two WrestleMania appearances. You win one of your championships, you win at WrestleMania, and then the other time you lose it at WrestleMania. But those are the only two big pay-per-views you main event. So do you go with the one-time champ where it's a more memorable run? Or do you say whether whether those whether the title runs were memorable or not, no one's gonna really think of that because it sounds better being a five-time champion. So you have good arguments on each side, but I'm really interested in what people think. And by the way, if you're listening to this months down the line, a year down the line, however long this thing's up. Go ahead and comment anyways. I would love to hear back with your feedback. So, Ashley, what, what are you picking? I think I would pick the, the one time to hold it for a whole year. Because I think that would be, to me, seeing that one person hold it for that long, single period of time, would be more memorable. 
So you go with the more memorable one. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I'd rather have that one full year where you you dominated. You dominated the competition, you held it for that long. Rather than walking around saying, hey, I'm a five time champion, but you probably you know you, you possibly held it for a couple of weeks. Well, you know, I would I'm, think with the the second one, it wouldn't just it would just be kind of like, Oh, well, how you lost it that many times and but even that you're you're kind of getting it back, it's just I think having it and then running through people and keeping it for a longer time, a single time would be a better look for that wrestler. Yeah, I agree. Uh, pro wrestling is kind of weird with that, where the title runs, it's different than other sports. You know, if they're the 15 time NBA champions or Wimbledon champion, like Roger Federer winning it every year, you're going into that tournament and you're battling it out and you're, you're winning it with, with wrestling, your titles and how many times you won it dictates how many times you lost it. So it's kind of how you look at it. So either way you look at it is the numbers important or is the, the length of the title run important. So that's a good, I think that's a great question to start this new part of the show out with. And every week we're going to think of a great uh, question for you to answer in your head. Or like I said, if you want to let us know what it is, what your answer is, I would love to hear it just to see which way people would lean. All right. So let's preview some of the shows that are coming up, what we have planned. Uh, Bryce and I will be doing the rebooking of Starcade 1989. Oh, wow. So it's just going to be me and him on here and We'll see how much I can get him to talk. So if you're wondering why. Probably not much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a little shy. Trying to get him to talk, trying to get him relaxed on here. Same with Ryder. So if you wonder why the children aren't on here or speaking that much, we're I trying. Ryder is a little bit different because here he is making funny voices and noises when he's actually trying to speak. So I think Ryder's a little bit more out there. Yeah, he's he's taking advantage of his time. He he's is. taking advantage of it and he's doing a great job. So we're trying to bring Bryce out. I'm trying to get him to say his ideas, but he might just be reading the matches off. But I think, I think what I've noticed is when I start talking about the ideas, he starts going into it. Like he gets relaxed and he forgets he's got a yeah. microphone in front of him. So hopefully we, we get the children talking a lot more. That's the, that's the goal. That's the whole point of this is to get them going. Uh, have Ashley, talk more and with that she's going to be leading the good idea bad idea for this week here she's going to be thinking of 10 ideas for aew and me and the children are gonna say it's a good idea or a bad idea more times than not i'm probably going to say it's a good idea just to keep her keep on the good side of her but not only that i'm sure she's going to come up with some great ideas anyways yeah uh, that way i don't get my butt kicked here at home but we'll see what the kids think. They they are well, they favor you more than me anyways, but we'll see how uh, honest they're that gonna is be. true. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime it's mommy or daddy, it's well it's usually yeah, it's, when it's, it's mommy's mommy. versus daddy, they yeah. usually choose mommy. Yeah, they choose mommy. I don't I don't blame them. I wouldn't even choose me either. The new AEW show Rampage on Friday. We're gonna be reviewing that as well. So we'll have an extra show starting now. We'll do dynamite which is today, today's review, and then Rampage, the show's tomorrow on Friday. 
Can't wait to see what happens there. I know there's the rumor that CM Punk's going to be at the second Rampage. We'll see if that's a curveball. We'll see if it's Daniel Bryan or if it's just to get the crowd in. Although AEW's great on following up with their promises or the rumors. Yeah. You know, they don't let you down. They don't they don't falsely say someone's going to be there and then they're not there. So so that should be good. You got any other comments to add before we get to this review of Dynamite? No, I think uh, I'm just ready for the show. All right. So let's uh, dive right into what we watched. The show starts out with a tribute to beautiful Bobby Eaton, who passed away this last week. One half of the iconic tag team, the Midnight Express, and also part of the most underrated group, the Dangerous Alliance, one of my favorites. Lots of memories of Bobby Eaton. Loved his entrance music. Used to listen to it all the time. One of the greatest high flyers, technical wrestlers. A man that owned a great punch, they said. They never knew where it was coming from. They didn't know how he made the sound and made it look really good. So rest in peace, beautiful Bobby Eaton. You will be missed by many fans across the world. AEW Dynamite was in Pittsburgh, the hometown of the women's champion, Dr. Britt Baker. The show starts off MJF with Wardlow doing an interview talking about his match with Chris Jericho. He's eating an apple as he talks about Wardlow's match as the main event against Chris Jericho. Ashley pointed out that uh, he took a big bite there and had a little problem speaking, didn't he? Yeah, I thought that was, I was like, oh, I think he uh, had too much. Yeah, at one point he was... I thought he was about to choke at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought he kind of got his composure back, but I thought he was about to choke on one of the parts. Yeah, he was really going at it. Uh, It ends with kind of a tension, a tease with MJF and Wardlow. He kind of reminded Wardlow that he didn't get the job done against Cody Rhodes when uh, MJF was feuding with Cody. Uh, Wardlow didn't seem to appreciate that. MJF warned him. You better, you better get the job done tonight. Yeah. Match one. Really excited about this one. It's the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. They got Brandon Cutler out there with them. They got uh, their assistant out there, Nakazawa. And uh, they're going against Dante Martin, Matt, and Mike Seidel, the Seidel brothers. Uh, Dante Martin is normally part of a tag team called Top Flight, but his brother Darius has been injured. And I'm telling you, he's been taking advantage of the opportunity that he's been given. It's sad that his brother's on the sidelines, but he's been uh, put in a lot of good spots. I mean, he's been wrestling on Dark and Elevation and some on Dynamite. And every time we see him, such a high flyer. And here he's in a high-profile match, in a trios match against the world champion, and the tag team champions. What are your thoughts about Dante before we even get into the match itself? I thought he was pretty awesome. I think it kind of showed me for the first time more of his personality and his the skills because I was more mesmerized because I, I didn't think I had saw him before, and I thought it was pretty good. I was impressed. Yeah, I remember uh, he did that dive. It was a few weeks ago. He did the dive over the turnbuckles and onto a, a group of individuals 
just able to leap that far, clear the post, and tonight he put on a show. Uh, it starts off, Don Callis is out there. He goes to the commentary and he starts making a joke about now. Now we're a six-man booth. Like yeah. trying to joke like it's a six-man tag, it's a six-man booth, and Tony and Jim, uh, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross are there. He's like, well, there's only four of us. There's only four of us. And he says, well, I'm so good that I can do the job of four men. And then Tony says, no, that adds up to seven. So uh, I'm loving Don Callis with his jokes of not getting the math correct. And you'll see it again later in this. Uh, really, I like the shout out you pointed out to me with Matt Jackson doing the Rick Root swivel. Yeah, I was like, there it is. We've seen it so much in our household with our boys. Yeah, I, I love I love that seeing the young bucks with their personality, the cockiness that they have. There was a point in time where the Seidels they assisted Dante Martin, and he flew onto the young bucks. Yeah, and he he looked like a dolphin flying out there. He, he did. Kind of, that was a pretty awesome move. So after he does that, they're off to a hot start. Then the elite decide to isolate Mike Seidel. And it was funny. I'm typing that on my notes. And as I do it, Excalibur says, they're really isolating yeah. Mike Seidel. So lots of teamwork. Lots of boots to the faces in the turnbuckle. The classic, I'm going to put my foot up and my partner's going to slam your face yeah. into my boot. Funny part on that is after they did it with Kenny Omega, Kenny's holding his foot like it's hurt. Mm-hmm. So he's he's really uh, letting them know that his foot was smashed. Um, there was a nice Matrix move by Matt. I'm sorry, by Mike tags his brother in, which is Matt Seidel, who again Bryce does not believe me when I say <laughs> that's Evan Bourne, but an innovative brain buster, buster some dual scissor head takedown. A nice combo submission by the Seidels. I mean, they were really putting their work in as well. I can say a lot of the, the moves, it was pretty awesome. It was back and forth, and it was just very entertaining for a first match. High-flying, getting the people up, getting the crowd on their feet. Uh, I wrote down here, I said, I would love to see Top Flight, which is the Dante and Darius Martin, Against Ricochet and Will Ospreay. If you don't know who Ricochet is, he's currently in the WWE. And Will Ospreay is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But I thought that they do those type of moves. And yeah. they seem, I mean, that's that would be a dream match. And we're talking about two individuals. We're talking about top flight, Darius and Dante. Dante's the only one wrestling right now because Darius is hurt. And they're only 21 and 20 years old. Yeah, so, so they're young and fresh. And they're already doing this. Uh, wrote on here is a, co a coming out party for Dante Martin because uh, I believe everybody's going to be talking about about him after this match. We've seen these moves, or at least I have. I watched Dark and Elevation. I've seen these moves, but this is a high-profile match. You're in there with the champions. Yeah. You're first on Dynamite, and uh, you're putting on a great show. He even counters a lot of Kenny Omega's moves, including the one-winged angel, which – when he hits, no one I kicks out. I thought that out. was actually a really good one when he did that. So he he gets out of that. He does a lot of flips, a lot of offense. He's got the bad guys reeling. They end up hitting him with a BTE trigger. That's the double knees. But also, Kenny Omega throws a V trigger in there. That's a running knee. Set him, set him up, and then uh, Kenny Omega finishes him off 
with the one wing angel. I put on here the good guys. They look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you asked me what what's what's Brandon Cutler spring on the young bucks. He's got those bottles or those cans, and I think it's like a medical type thing. I think I see a lot of NBA players uh, get that sprayed on them. Uh, not really sure what it does. I'll have to look into what that actually is that he's spraying that he uses to help them cheat. Ice in the muscles, probably. Yeah. Making sure they're fresh, especially after that butt kicking they took there. Yeah. So right after the match, Tony Schiavone's in the ring. He wants to interview the elite. Christian Cage interrupts before it even begins. And again, Don Callis does another joke when he tells Christian Cage, as you can see, there's 10 of us <laughs> and only one of you, and there was maybe six or seven. He was off off by a few people. I just thought it was funny that he continued on from whether that was a mistake or a real joke he made in the beginning of the show. Yeah, I love how he, he continued it and ran with it, and it had me laughing. So they're talking back and forth. And uh, I believe they went to a break. Yeah. If I can remember correctly. But uh, Jurassic Express comes out. And uh, when they come back, they're in the ring. Everybody's in the ring. Jurassic Express, which is Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. They're standing there with Christian. And uh, by the way, both of these... Well, the tag team of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and also Christian as a singles, all three of them, number one ranked in their divisions. You have the Jurassic Express as the number one ranked tag team, ready to get a title shot, and Christian is ranked number one as well in the singles competition. They talk literally crap to, to Don Callis and Kenny Omega because Christian calls Callis a carny piece of... I wrote down poo. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he did not use that word. I won't use it on here, but really laid into Don Callis. And then they announced they got a lot of matches out of this. They said uh, there's going to be on the fir their first ever Rampage, the first match on Friday, tomorrow, is going to be Kenny Omega defending his Impact title against Christian Cage. Kenny Omega holds four titles right now. The... Impact title is one of them. He holds one in Mexico, the AAA. He also holds AEW. I haven't watched TNA at all. I'll have to look up, and I'm sure they'll explain it. He holds two titles from them. I oh, really? believe it might be a combined title where it's one's TNA and one's Impact. Hmm. Kind of confused on that. Again, I only watch AEW currently, so and I don't really look up too, too much on the other shows because I like to be surprised. In fact, I don't look up a lot of insider information or intel because I really want to enjoy the show. If you know too much, and if you know everybody, sometimes it helps, but I like to be shocked a little bit. So I'm a little off on my game when it comes to that type of knowledge that I used to have, but I like it. I like it. I'm sure they will explain it to me and everybody else. But I might look it up for the actual review that we do for Rampage. But I don't want to get on the internet too much. I don't want to find out any secrets or well, anything like surprised. that. But I couldn't help myself uh, when Daniel Bryan is CM Punk. I mean, that was pretty much everywhere. 
Anytime oh, I turned on it was YouTube. Kind of a hard thing to miss. But that would have been crazy if you didn't know. And then, uh, you know, they still haven't debuted, but if whenever they show up, it's still going to be crazy whether you know or not. Mm-hmm. So that's the first match that they're going to have on Rampage. And then the Jurassic Express let us know that on next week's Dynamite, they're going to compete against the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team titles. I really like how they build these matches for the future. They yeah. they just don't announce it. Some they do, but usually, like you saw today, they come out, they have an interaction, whether it's talking, punching, whatever it may be, and then they set that match up. And now you know, okay, these are what, this is the reason that they are fighting. And I, I really like that. At the end, there was a funny part because uh, Jungle Boy's song goes oh, 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 oh that one and uh Kenny Omega. <laughs> he asked the crowd Kenny Omega asked the crowd are you are you I'm sorry are you saying no like he doesn't you don't want him to have a title shot against me <laughs> it was pretty funny there and then uh they go with a Malachi Black vignette so that ends the in-ring portion then we go to a video Malachi Black who was Alistair Black on the WWE he had a very good evil delivery very believable very sinister i like that character i like that he says he's alone by choice he chooses to be alone that hit home with me i like that then we get another commercial if i'm calling them commercials or videos september 29th the Rhodes family they're going to have a reality tv show kind of like what the miz and his wife has and you used to watch, uh, what was it, Divas? Yeah, I saw some of it, yeah. You used to watch the Divas. So something like that where it's a reality show. It's called Roads to the Top. That's going to be on TNT as well. Just like any reality show, I'm sure there's a little bit of realness to it and then a lot of, okay, this is for the camera. Yeah. I don't really watch those shows. I know you enjoy them. I usually watch a little bit, but not as much. Yeah, I'm I'm more into the wrestling. It's great that you have a great life out there. And hey, if, if it works for you, I'm not a fan of those shows. Then there's a lot of videos tonight, by the way, because here's another video. Miro, he's on there. He's recapping his match with Lee Johnson from last week. This is a good one. And now he announces the TNT title match versus Fuego Del Sol. The underdog, the guy that's looking for a contract. And I believe that match is also going to be on Rampage, so they're loading up that thing. I don't think Fuego has a chance. I like this because Miro is picking individuals that have no chance. Now, they could do two things with this, I'm thinking. One time he picks somebody, and there's that upset, you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's doing well, like a, like a Dante Martin, you know, somebody that has that momentum. Or you could be like, get to the point where Miro's just picking these guys that you know he's going to beat. And then maybe like when I did my idea thing, maybe a Daniel Bryan open open challenge answers the challenge. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe a big star answers it. Or they could do the upset type of thing. But it's fun. I don't know what they're going to do. And it's great to not know what's going to happen. But speaking about 
not knowing what was going to happen. How about knowing what was going to happen and looking forward to it? And that's what we're talking about. Match number two, you have Darby Allen with Sting versus Daniel Garcia with that new tag team 2.0 of Jeff Parker and Matt Lee. These are the individuals last week that I said I didn't have a clue who they were. Well, now I do because they put on two great shows. I think they might be uh, one of my favorite tag teams now. Yes, and when I was talking about looking forward to what was going to happen, I knew you had been looking forward. Yes, because I think for some reason they are something that is about them that's really showing off their personality, and it's really caught my eye, and I find it very uh, entertaining, especially when it comes to, uh, was it Matt Lee? Matt Lee. His interactions with Sting every time just catch you off guard and just, it's really awesome. And that's what we were looking for. We knew when we saw this matchup from last week with the interaction with Sting, we were looking forward and we knew it was going to happen. And it did happen here where 2.0, which is Jet Parker and Matt Lee. Matt Lee is the, if you're watching the show or if you're going to watch the show or have watched the show, he is the one member of the tag team that has the longer hair. He's the one last week that went, you're the real Sting. Yes. You're the real Sting, like, like he's a fan. That was so funny. So they have an interview before this match. It's Garcia and 2.0, and they tell Sting, especially Matt Lee, that he better watch his, and I put butt. He didn't use the word butt, but better watch his backside. Yeah. So you knew there was the interaction. I even wrote on here, Ashley loves the long hair one, which is Matt Lee. He's so funny. One thing before we get into the match, again, before we get into the match, I know I keep saying that. I noticed the good guys and the bad guys for this show are walking out of the opposite entrances. Usually the good guys are walking out on the right one, bad guys on the left, but tonight it was opposite. Of well, maybe they wanted the to surprise shows. you. Yeah, throw up, throw up. It's the little things like that. The little details, maybe they're like, eh, let's change it up a little bit. What I liked about it, the match starts. Daniel Garcia uh, impressed me. I like his submission, old school European uppercuts. Yeah. Working on, they even mentioned it about the Andersons, how he's working on the arm, focusing on a limb. That used to be the basic 80s, early 90s. That's all you heard was about the body parts they were working on. Gorilla Monsoon used to be so educational to me. I learned so many different body parts. The lower lumbar region, that's the lower back. You know, you're yeah. working on the lower lumbar, the trapezia area. You know, I learned <laughs> so much, and then they used to call the moves. All, and I like that about AEW. They call the moves. That's one thing I do enjoy now is they actually – call everything how it used to be and you're not just um you get to see more of the what they're doing in the match you actually hear it more yeah and i mean i'm i'll compare it to wwe just because that's what i watched before a lot of times it'd be a great match going on and you're not really hearing anything no they're they're promoting and again everybody has their different style but they're you know they promote a show or they're talking about twitter here, the guy's got him in an arm bar. It's a snap mare, whatever it may be. 
they're calling it. They're they're invested in the match. The announcers are watching the match. That's what they're there for. I love that they do that, and then they do all their plugs for whatever show, everything else. They set designated time for that in between the matches. Yeah. But when the match is going on, that's the most important thing in their life at that moment is that match, well, no matter who's in it. Kind of going old school with it, which yeah. I think is really great. Makes it more entertaining to actually watch it again. So the match is going along. 2.0, that tag team that we're talking about on the outside. They're talking. They're taunting Darby. They're trying to interfere. Sting stops them from interfering. And at that moment, awesome. he laughed because he goes, you again? Yes, you again. In a, in a shock that they're so shocked to see Sting, even though he's been across the ring from them the whole match. Yes. <laughs> like, you didn't think he was going to show up. He was right there. 2.0, end up distracting Darby. He was on the top rope. They uh, crotch him on the top turnbuckle. Mm -hmm. And that's when Daniel Garcia goes to work on Darby. I watched a match of his against Fuego. I believe it was a couple days ago from dark and he had this great submission. He captured his arms with his legs. You saw it here with Darby. It was the first portion of it. He had okay. those arms locked when he had his legs yeah. kind of clamping around him. And then he grabbed Fuego's ankles and kind of did like a, like a fold, almost like a, a inverted Boston crab had he been standing type of move. Okay. Looked very painful. Looked. And that's what he was trying to do to Darby. I love that move. It's a new submission I've never seen before with that old style feel to it, even though it's a new move. Another thing he did, Darby tries to bounce off the ropes, similar to a coffin drop. He's flying back at him, and Daniel Garcia catches him with a rear naked choke. And they fall, fall down. He captures, gets his hooks in, and everything looks great. They wrestle around some more, and then Darby ends up putting him away with the coffin drop from the top. Really like Garcia's old feel. Mm -hmm. Old school. Tough. Rugged. Submission. I went from last week not knowing these guys going, hmm, these guys should lose. What are they doing? Yeah. To this week going, wow. Funny. I think we were kind of more excited this week to see what they were going to bring to this uh, next match. Yeah. Funny. Innovative. They went from nobodies to me. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody, that, you know, but to, I didn't know them to now. Like I want to see these individuals and that Matt Lee's becoming one of your favorites. Yeah. That, uh, the 2.0, I think even uh, the other one, Jeff Parker started uh, showing some of his thing tonight when they were actually getting their butt kicked by sting on the way up. Yeah, right Ouch. after the match. So Sting's beating up 2.0, and they're they're probably loving it. They're probably big it Sting looked like fans. they were loving it, and I was I thought it was very entertaining to see guys liking to get their butt beat by Sting. Well, it's a it's a badge of honor, you know. It'd be any fan if if Sting was like came to you in a crowd and was like, "Hey, do you mind after the match here, yes, I pull please. you out of the crowd?" Yeah, yes, <laughs> and just beat the crap out of you. Exactly. To the point where he picks up Jeff Parker. He he already suit flex suplex matt lee so matt lee's out he's hurt he picks up jeff parker kind of squeezes his face and looks into his eyes and that's when jeff parker goes i'm sorry 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean any of it. And then Sting just hits him some more. So it was great. Anything you like to add on this uh, match here? No, I think that was, a, I mean, it was a pretty entertaining match. I loved it. You know, went from guys that we didn't know anything about to someone I actually look forward to seeing again. It's really a, a, a really good tag. I like that tag team now. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're climbing right up there. Speaking of tag teams that we like, and I like personally, we go to an interview with the Death Triangle. Now, the Death Triangle consists of the Lucha Brothers, oh, yeah. Phoenix, and Pinta, and also their team, their teammate, Pac. So they team up for trios, but they're a group of three individuals. Pac, predominantly a singles wrestler, and of course the Lucha Brothers are a tag team. Their feud right now is with Andrade, one individual, one wrestler. Andrade, a few weeks ago, debuted a new manager in Chavo Guerrero Jr. But in this interview, Pinta says, I want him first. I want to handle Andrade. At least that's what I think he said. I heard that part in English. Mm-hmm. And then he, he... I think he wants him really bad. He wants him. And then Pac says, listen, I'll, t- I'll take Andrade. Which makes sense. He's the singles wrestler. He goes... You need to focus on the tag team titles because you're the best, which I think Mm -hmm. as well. If there's one critique, well, I have a few. I probably already had a critique. I can't remember. But uh, one of my critiques is Pentagon. Penta, my favorite wrestler for the last four years, was great in Lucha Underground. Yes. I need to see more of him. I need to see him in the title picture. I do like he teams up with Phoenix. I like to see him in the main event. I feel like so far they haven't got to his potential, but again, it takes time and there's only so many spots. So it's going to be great. And don't be shocked if you see Penta, hopefully here in a couple of years, really get pushed to the top of the card, which I think is where he belongs in my mind. Uh, I'm, I, I hope it will be done differently, maybe not a tag team split up, but just we want to focus on our single competition because I don't want the Lucha Brothers to split up. But you can have a great tag team and have one of them become champions. Uh, for example, the Briscoes, the Hardys. Yeah. I mean, where one stood out over the other brother... And I, with the Hardys, they did feud. But in the beginning, there wasn't that, that feud. I, I like to see it where there's not a feud between them, even though they have had matches before and teased the split. Just have Penta in that, that main event thing. And, and Phoenix as well. You know, Each of them get a turn, but I just like Penta more. And that's a personal I think that opinion. would be a good thing for him. For both of them, actually. And when it comes to trios, we're coming up on match number three. We have the trios match between the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Chucky T, which is Chuck Taylor, and their protege, Wheeler Utah, with Chris Statlander against Matt Hardy and Private Party with about 20 people coming out there, part of the yeah, Hardy family like office. It, it seemed like it never ended. There was a lot of folks out there. You had a TH2, the hybrid, Bunny. the Bunny, the Blade. They're all out there. 
for the six-man tag. But before I get into that, I saw a sign. It says, we want Dan Hazen. He's a wrestler from Ring of Honor, has some paint, does a weird voice. I, I love watching him. I don't watch... I watch some of his matches on Ring of Honor, but I, I usually see him pop up on my YouTube feed. And it's normally his video or an interview. I have caught a few of his matches that have been listed on there. It just shows a few clips of him. I like him. He's not a big dude. It seems like a normal dude, but he's got a great uh, character that he's working on. And that'd be fun to see him. I mean, I think he's doing a little something with TNA from what I saw. I watched uh, Ethan Page's personal vlog he does and uh, he was on there okay. and i think he was with some tna again i don't know all the working relationships it seems as though tna ring of honor new japan and AEW have a good friendly working relationship kind of like when i talked about the different territories where they're trading talent so it has that old school national wrestling alliance feel to i it. think it's good they kind of switch it up a little bit like that now you have wheeler utah in here like i said the protege I like what they did. They mentioned, I believe it was in the Daniel Garcia match with Darby Allen. They mentioned that he went 60 minutes with Wheeler Yuta in an independent match and that Daniel Garcia had wrestled six times. And that, and that tended, you could see it. You, you could see, I don't know if that was part of the show, but with Wheeler Yuta, you mentioned off air here that he, Wheeler Yuta was kind of moving slow, had that methodical yeah. approach. And I think that is part of it was like he's so winded it's almost like taking an injury from a different federation or a different match and carrying it over and not even an injury but stamina well if, it, if that's the case he uh it works against him tonight it worked against him uh they did they did mention even though there was a bunch of people out there the butcher was missing because he's been injured for matt hardy's uh, family and he could be coming back soon, so that's going to be good oh, to see good. The, the Butcher back in there. Uh, beginning of the match, Orange Cassidy tries to do his famous I'm going to put my hands in my pockets maneuver, and as he does, Matt Hardy goes with his delete sign and keeps chopping his hands and stopping them from going into his pockets to the point where Orange grabs Matt's hand and puts it in his and pocket. puts it in his pocket, his own pocket, into Orange's own pocket, not Matt Hardy's pocket. He took Matt Hardy's hand and put it into Orange Which Cassidy's awesome. pocket. So that was great. There seemed like the crowd really loved that. So private party. It's Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. Mark Quinn has the unique haircut, kind of looks like Road Warrior Hawk. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool to see that again. Yeah, nice look. I, I, know, I don't know if that was an homage to Road Warrior Hawk. I believe he's always had that haircut. Mark Quinn has. But it looks, it looks like the early Road Warrior Hawk haircut. I know he kind of changed it a little at the end of his career, talking about Road Warrior Hawk. But in the beginning, he had it more up top. Okay. Uh, streaked back. And then later years, it was almost to the, getting close to the side, almost into Hulk Hogan territory, wrapped around his head almost type of thing. But, uh. Yeah, so I like I like that tag team. I like Private Party. One thing we really liked about him is Isaiah Cassidy when he screams oh in fear. Gosh. You know, have you ever had anybody come up on you and kind of scare you around the corner and you let out a scream you didn't know you had in your body? That's that type of scream. 
yeah. of, of scaredness here. Orange Cassidy, loving the way he uh, works. He did a lazy splash off the bottom rope. Looked like he didn't even care. Just kind of fell onto Matt Hardy. Orange Cassidy comes up to Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, both Cassidy, I just realized this. Orange Cassidy and Isaiah Cassidy are in this match, so I'm going to yeah. need to make sure I designate who I'm talking about here. So Isaiah Cassidy is in the ring. Orange Cassidy comes up to him and scares him. Of course, he screams. Isaiah Cassidy screams. Orange Cassidy starts doing the little toe tap kicks that he does. Oh, yeah. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> to the point that he has distracted Isaiah Cassidy. Isaiah Cassidy's not even thinking about it like what are you doing and orange orange cassidy drops down and then wheeler utah comes flying off doing a hardy boy move onto private party so that was a nice turn in that match they go to a picture in picture after this and i noted this i don't know if you knew i wrote this down but i put ashley's loving the jimmy johns commercial <laughs> Because the guy says Jimmy's Johns instead of Jimmy Johns. I didn't John's. know if that was on purpose or they just like, you know what? We're that just going to keep Jimmy's it. Jimmy's Johns. We're just going to keep it. <laughs> it was great. It was funny. It was funny the first time, and then they played it about five more times, and it lost its luster to me. I uh, thought it was still good every time, yeah, but I was like, you know what? It. They probably just you know kept the Jimmy's Johns and didn't correct them. <laughs> I told Ashley, I never had it, and then she reminded me of the time. We did have it where you walked into the... Well, I thought it was, for some reason, I thought it was a place that I had ordered before, and I had got a wrap. It was not. Yeah, but you were very But adamant. I was very determined that it was, and I was wanting the, that wrap. The poor worker there broke down his history of his career at Jimmy John's for you to let you know, Ma'am, I've been here for X amount of years. And we've never done a wrap. We've never done a wrap. And you were so, I had to pull you away. I had to apologize and be like, listen, I don't know what she's talking about. Well, you about. know what? I was determined. And then I was, you know what? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. It was this other On place. the way home. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm like, wow. You well, know, hey, we were still nice. You about we... got me beat up at Jimmy John's from the <laughs> workers over a wrap they did and they never had that you said they did. I go, well, I even told you, I said, I think he would know better than you. Are you sure it's Jimmy John's? We left running. You In my mind, it was. You would have had me screaming like Isaiah Cassidy with the Jimmy John personnel running after me. They showed another commercial about the new show Heels. I believe CM Punk's going to be in that. So it's a TV show about wrestling. So I'm looking forward to that. We come back from the commercial. They're triple teaming, controlling Yuta. During the whole time, they're in the picture in picture. Then we come back, and then Bunny and Chris Statlander get into it. But not for long, because Nyla Rose, who's going to be Chris Statlander's opponent later in this show, comes out and just waylays her. Yeah. Leaves her laying. Jack Evans, then he assaults Orange Cassidy. There's And I wrote on there, so many bad guys. This is the point where it gets all crazy. There's so many people out there. It's kind of hard to keep track of what's going on. Chucky T gets the hot tag, throws Isaiah Cassidy up in the air. We get another high-pitched scream from Isaiah Cassidy. <laughs> Yuta, he's getting worked on. They throw him outside. He bounces, comes flying back into the ring. Then I noticed the ref made a mistake. So during that time that he gets thrown out, there was a tag between Private Party, 
So Yuta's in there. He's covering the illegal man and the ref counts. Then the legal man that had just got tagged in flies onto Yuta, and then he counts for that one too. So there was a obvious mistake there by the ref. Yeah. But I can't blame him. You, I, I used to laugh when the announcers back in the day would be like, oh, who's the legal man? Well, I'm so confused. The ref's confused. And you would obviously know mm-hmm. uh, a good a good uh, example of this. I used to love, you remember the tag team demolition? Yes. Axe and Smash. They looked nothing alike. One had very long hair. The other had short hair. Their face paint was different. But Vince McMahon always wanted you to believe he didn't know who, which one is who. Is that Axe or is that Smash? The referee must be confused. And they even did that switch at the 1990 SummerSlam when Demolition and the Hart Foundation were doing a two out of three falls match for the tag team championship where it was Crush and Smash. And then Axe comes in and he switches out with some of them. And and you're thinking, how does the ref not know that that is Axe? The other two demolitions at that time had long hair. That kind of reminded me of that. But this, but this match here, I can understand why the ref was just counting. There were so many people. They were flying in and flying out. In and out. So there was, I put on there, lots of confusion. Guys everywhere. Hardy, Matt Hardy ends up throwing Mark Quinn into Orange Cassidy, using him as a as a battering ram. A battering that's a good that's a good example. A battering ram. Just throwing him into him. Uh, others, they take out the camera guy. I think a camera guy fell. There was a lot of shaking on camera. Yeah. When they were taking out Chuck E. T. And then Matt Hardy ends up pinning Wheeler Yuta to end this match of craziness. So a lot of action on that one. Did you see any highlights or anything you want to point out or No, I think them? I mean it was I think we pretty much covered most of it. I think it was it was still a really good match. Yeah, so many people. The Matt Hardy office. There's so many. Or the Matt Hardy family office. What or the Hardy family office, whatever they want to call them. There's so many people in that. Again, on my good idea, bad idea show I did last week, I had a few ideas. They need some single competitors in there. There's when the butcher gets back. That's three tag teams. There's not there. much single. And they need the single. I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know if they're gonna turn on each other or what. But right now, they are there. There is a lot of people that are coming out for that match. And I think they even have uh, another individual, an up up and comer who only wrestles on dark. He might even be in it. So. Oh wow. Uh, so we got to see who what's going to happen with that. Are they going to add more or trim it down? Then we got a an interview with Andrade and Chavo about Pac. So it was their reply of the interview that happened earlier with the Lucha Brothers. Pretty much to sum it up, Chavo announces that it's going to be Andrade and Pac at the all-out pay-per-view, the big pay-per-view coming up for AEW. Right after that, another video. Santana Ortiz against FTR. Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler. The former revival from the WWE. So they show the videos. They showed that bad cut that Cash Wheeler had got. Oh gosh, that was a pretty bad one. Where he got punched, kind of did a slip and fall. 
caught his arm on the turnbuckle and it took a chunk out of his arm. It was pretty bad. So they cover that. So there's going to be more of that storyline or that feud going on. I'm really liking the videos, tons of videos in between the matches. So kind of giving a lot of history and kind of recapping on some of the things that maybe a lot of new fans can see what's going on. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm liking that. Then after that, we get right into match four. Match number four, Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero versus Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy. So Chris Statlander had just been attacked in the previous match by Nyla Rose. She comes out, she looks hurt already, kind of building that even more insurmountable victory percentage that she might have against Nyla Rose. Not only is she facing a stronger opponent, someone that's bigger, but now she has been hurt. So adding up the odds against Statlander here, which I liked. I like that if she, if she will be able to overcome those odds. Ashley mentions that you hope Statlander doesn't get hurt in this match. Yes. I always feel like everyone that goes up against Nyla Rose ends up hurt some way. You know, whether it's Nyla's fault or if it's just a, an accident, we all know Nyla is a pretty strong individual. And uh, you get in a ring with someone like that, uh, whether it's planned or not planned, they're not they're not doing ballet out there, as the no. saying goes. So, so we're hoping Stat and Nyla doesn't get hurt. You know, we don't want anybody to get hurt. But seeing that Stat, I believe she had wrestled her before, maybe a couple. We might have been last year. And I think she blew her knee out or something like that, Statlander did. And then, of course, Britt had just uh, hurt her wrist. So we're just hoping that she didn't get hurt. And, and she ends up not getting hurt. It was a pretty good short match, but high impact. Yeah. A lot of action here. We have uh, a unique mo moonsault by Statlander off the apron. She kind of used her leg as momentum to get, get the momentum to do the flip. Did a great moonsault. Then she receives a thumbs up from Orange Cassidy, and she sends one back. I like their interaction. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Vicky then screams in Orange's ears. So she screams the high pitch that only Vicky Guerrero can do. And then it leads to a choke slam by Nyla on the Statlander. So she got distracted. Vicky Rush screams in Orange Cassidy's ears. Then at one moment, they wrestle around a little bit in the ring. Somehow, Statlander gets draped on the ropes. Nyla goes up, going to look like she's going to come off the top rope with a knee drop as Statlander is dangling on the rope. And then all of a sudden, Statlander does a handstand, starts walking out to the middle of the ring, and that's when Nyla hits her with a spear. So it was an upside-down spear, something yeah. very unique mm -hmm. I've never seen before. Statlander, able to powerbomb Nyla, off the top rope was pretty impressive as well. And then she hits the area 451. Nice little flip off the top rope onto Nyla. I thought that was pretty cool. Gets the big win. And I like the little shot of Orange Cassidy still trying to clear his ears. Still oh, hurt. You can tell those screams really hurt his ears. Yes. So a great match. I liked it. It was short right to the point. Uh, Nyla's been on a loser streak. I wonder if that's going to lead to something with her and Vicky Guerrero probably splitting up. I guess you Maybe know. new management. I don't know. 
but Nyla's been on losing streaks before and then has come, come has come back. So I'm sure she'll be back in the title picture at some point. Then we go to an interview with the Young Bucks. It seems they have adopted the basketball scenario or scenery in the background of them. They're talking about how they beat up Hangman last week, did a number on him. Hangman wasn't on the show this week. Still hurt from the beatdown that he had. They say that beating Jurassic Express next week is going to be as easy as a layup. So I believe it's Nick Jackson goes up for the layup. And out of nowhere, Luchasaurus with a block. Then the ball bounces right to Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus sets a screen, knocks Matt Jackson down. And, Lu and uh, Jungle Boy goes up, dunks the ball. Luchasaurus doing the finger wag and not in my house. Yeah. It was, it was a funny segment just out of nowhere. I didn't expect it. I thought it was just going to be the Young Bucks playing some basketball. I, I like what they did there. Yeah, it was a pretty good uh, segment. What was really funny is at the end, after Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy left, Nick Jackson tries to say it was a foul. Yeah. And then their buddy, Brandon Cutler's like, no. You know, it was it was all ball, and they're like, "Shut <laughs> up, Brandon!" It was yeah, that was that was priceless. So we had a lot of backstage segments, a lot of videos, and that continues here. After that backstage segment, there's a video about the women's champ championship match, which is Britt Baker versus Red Velvet. It's going to be the main event Friday night for the new show Rampage, the first ever main event, and they got the women headlining it. Your thoughts on that? I think it's uh, about time. Yeah, I think the other, the only other time, and I could be wrong, but what I remember is when uh, Thunder Rosa and Britt Bak Baker closed the show on One Dynamite in the non-sanctioned match. So they're doing a great job promoting the ladies, figured, figuring them into the main event. And it's not just the matchup. They got a lot of storyline. They get a lot of time interviewing. And we see that. Here, because Tony Schiavone then brings out Britt Baker after the video is shown for an interview in the ring. Big reception. It's her hometown. Uh, people are going crazy for her, chanting DMD. I was sitting there wondering, a few weeks ago, Britt Baker had mentioned she's going to need some extra help. She hasn't mentioned it since. So when when should we expect this new person or someone on the roster to join it with Britt Baker? That's something to keep in the back of your mind. I like that they do that where they don't just mention it every week and every week and every week. And then when it happens, they can refer back to yeah. when she said that. So that's a great, I think it's great because maybe some individuals have forgotten about it. So it'll be, even be more of a shock, but I haven't. I've been waiting every week to see who this person may possibly be. We so she's just going to find out. Huh? Yes. And, and it's, are we going to find out this Friday night in the main event? Yes. You don't know. Have a shocking debut or something like that. So red velvet is getting mentioned by Britt Baker in this interview. And every time she's mentioned, there's a loud booze and red velvet is the good girl, the good woman, the good guy, whatever, whatever term you want to use going into this matchup. So hev heavily favored for Britt Baker. I'm sure she'll be turning good sooner or later. But I could be wrong. She could just be a popular bad girl. 
and just continue on with that. I guess you know, every time the crowd likes you, you don't have to turn. Good. Yeah. They're already behind. They're already cheering her. There's no point. Let her. They're cheering her when she's bad. Let her be bad. So she talks, and they boo every time she mentions red velvet. They cheer for her, meaning Britt Baker. She holds up the belt and says she presents hope for the city. She's the champion of Pittsburgh. And that's when Red Velvet comes out and attacks her. And then we get the refs in there. Nice pull apart for the women. Nice to see that extracurricular activity, if you want to call it that, going into the matchup, having the pull aparts, having they really want to get at each other. It's not just safe for the men. I'll say you. I like it. I kind of like how they're really um, letting the women come out more. I like having more women match with the storylines. It kind of adds more for me to actually see it. That's great. Putting the importance on it. We continue with videos. This one, Ricky starts and Brian Cage recapping their feud. They're going to have a face-to-face -face next week. So we'll see where that leads to. I love that whatever it, uh, wrestlers they didn't have on the show they had a video or some sort of interview to keep it in your mind that this is still going on. Yeah. There's only so many matches they can put on, but having an interview, having a video, keeping all of the feuds going, and, and I like it a lot. All right, match number five, the Impact Tag Title match. You had the champion, the Good Brothers, defending against the Dark Order, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. Represented the Dark Order. Of course, the Good Brothers is Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. They have Scott Diamore from TNA on commentary. He holds some sort of position in TNA as a high-ranking official. So he's there. So there's that working relationship I mentioned earlier. It looks like they have with TNA and, of course, with New Japan wrestlers showing up. And, and I believe Ring of Honor. I believe individuals like Wheeler, Utah, and then are from ring of honor so it's good to see a mixture there Stu grayson starts off right off the bat with a dive over the rope onto both of the good brothers as the match is going on excalibur seems to be planting the seeds he's talking about the problems within the dark order mm -hmm. because last week adam page went to the dark order and said hey i appreciate your help but i want to battle the elite alone it ends up the elite Jump Adam Page later that night. The Dark Order come out. Some are willing to help. Others are trying to stop him, saying he said he wanted to do it alone. The others are like, well, I need to help him. So they're, they're stuck in the middle. And and that's to be believed because only Colt Cabana shows, shows up with the, the Dark Order tag team. Normally they all come out, do their pose, their hand signal. But it's only three of them out there right now. One on the ringside and the two in the match. Uh, Cole Cabana stops Cutler. Brandon Cutler's out there from interfering, doing a good job, doing what he's supposed to do. Chases him up the ramp. And then Frankie Kazarian shows up and takes Cutler to the back. Yeah. Sends him away. I'm not really feeling Gallows and Anderson. I don't know what it is. You're not going to like everybody in wrestling. And when I say like, it's not like on a personal level their characters or whoever they're playing. I'm just not a fan of them. Uh, I watched the elite vlog. Some of their jokes, 
I think they do the kind of the same stuff in the jokes they do. I'm kind of like, oh, if I hear it once in a while, great, but it just kind of gets stale. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, we'll see a lot more from them. Maybe a, a change, maybe a good storyline going on along with them. But right now, they're not in my top 10. We'll just say no. that. We'll just leave it as that. All right. So they go to a break and then back from the break, Stu Grayson goes to the top ropes. He does a nice move where he steps on one of the good brothers, I believe it was Anderson, to DDT Gallows. So it went from top rope off the shoulder of an individual and then a DDT onto the other one. And that looked pretty good. Then a great double Pele by Grayson. Stu Grayson is really showing out. He's really yeah. stepping up. I could see, you know, all these thoughts about the Dark Order. Anytime a new individual, a new wrestler enters the, the their federation, their company, or is released from a different one, Dark Order's name usually pops up. I'm sure, just like any group, there will be an eventual split. Mm -hmm. I I think Stu Grayson, and of course she, John Silver's been doing great, but Stu Grayson, just off of the athleticism, the look, yeah, I could see him having a great singles run, mm -hmm. or doing doing something uh, more I than what he's doing. I thought about now. that last night when I was watching it wrestle. I was like, he'd be good by himself as well. Yeah, look great. Uh, he even does a a part, a move that he, Bryce likes. Bryce. Likes Mortal Kombat or Scorpion. So they do a move where a wrestler, their opponent, is leaning on Evil Uno's feet as Evil Uno's laying there. He's holding him up with his feet. And a Stu Grayson will do the get over here. And Evil Uno will push him. Oh, so, well, that's so a nice little Scorpion reference. I think they might have, I don't know if they did. I, I hadn't watched them before they got to AEW. But it seems that after that movie came out, Maybe I just didn't notice it, but it was a lot more prominent after the new Mortal Kombat movie has come out. So I don't know if they did it, just started doing that after that movie came out, or if it was something that they always did. But I've just been noticing it a lot more since that movie came out. They do their great corner flip, flip off the top rope at the same time maneuver. That's always fun to watch. Uh, Gallows gets dis distracts the ref by throwing the title in. And then they hit the magic killer on Grayson for the win. So I put on their predictable outcome. Yeah, I didn't think the dark, knew it was going to happen. I didn't think the TNA tag titles were going to change hands here. Of course, I don't really know what's going on in TNA, but a lot of TNA titles getting defended yeah. now. You know, they got the tag titles that were just defended. They got Friday night, Kenny Omega defending that, the world title. So we'll have to see how it goes. We'll see if that boosts up TNA as well. Because right now it looks like AEW's, if they have that working relationship, they seem to be winning out of the, the relationship there. So yeah, maybe there's an end all for TNA to come out looking great. Or maybe just a continue of share of talent that's going to continue to happen. So the, the match is over. And what do we have? We have a video. A video of the lady that we saw last week, the NWA Women's Champion, Camille. She does a great interview, looks tough, looks strong. I 
talking about her match coming up against Layla Hirsch on August 28th. I believe it's Mickey James's show she's running. It's an all women's pay-per-view okay. for the NWA. So Mickey James is trying to, to go to the front here and promote some more women's matches. And she's doing that through the National Wrestling Alliance. Well, that's cool. Like I said, we haven't been watching any of the other shows. I'll catch a few things on YouTube. But if this keeps up, I might have to just change my schedule and find out how I can watch these shows. I think Fight TV is something that you have to subscribe to to catch some of the action. But I'll have to look around because there's a lot of wrestling going on. And I'm, I seem to be missing a lot. But uh, getting on here doing this thing with with my with my wife and kids has got me even more motivated to watch these shows so I don't have to be on here going, well, I don't really know that person. And I just start knowing them. Exactly. All right, after that video, Tony Schiavone is in the ring. He's got QT Marshall and Aaron Solo, who took the W after uh, off of his last name. He's now S-O-L-O. They did a little funny skit about him handing a W to Fuego. I believe it was on Sammy Guevara's vlog. And for all the listeners out there, if you if you don't watch these vlogs, they, they add to the show. Sammy Guevara being the elite and even uh, Ethan Page's vlog sometimes. I would rank Ethan Page's vlog at a, at a distant third of helping storyline-wise. Yeah. But the other two, I mean, they... They had me cheering later on when, when the security guard comes out, Charlie. Yes, I know Charlie. him from, from Sammy Guevara's show. So little things like that, it helps along with the show. And they reference a lot of things that happen in, that, in, the, in their vlogs. But anyways, back to what I was talking about. QT Marshall and Aaron Solo from the factory are in there. They've been promoting this apology they wanted to give Tony Schiavone for about four weeks now. So this apology is supposed to be happening, and we're thinking QT Marshall is going to apologize to Tony Schiavone because a few weeks ago he dumped, I believe, a protein shake onto Tony Schiavone. Then he says, oh, I just want to apologize. I want to keep apologizing. And he keeps pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. Finally, we get him in the ring. Of course, QT is not going to apologize. He wants Tony to apologize. And, of course, Tony's not having any of it. And then all of a sudden, I didn't see Nick Camarado. He's on the ringside. And he grabs Tony Schiavone's son, who's an adult, takes him over the guardrail, sends him into the ring. QT sets up for the diamond cutter and tells Tony to apologize. So Tony apologizes, and he hits the diamond cutter anyways. Jim Ross calls it the stunner. I don't mind that. I love hearing Jim Ross go, the stunner. I think he just <laughs> did it just to get it out because... No one's doing the stunner, so, but it was a more of a diamond cutter than a stunner, but still hits that. And all of a sudden, Paul White, formerly known as the Big Show, comes out for the big save. Reason for that is the Big Show and Tony Schiavone are commentary partners on Elevation. Comes out, clears the ring. QT throws solo into the Big Show, big choke slam, and the segment ends with them all hugging and chicken on each other as QT Marshall and his, his group head to the back. Then we get the preview for Rampage. Now, this is where we find out 
some new matches. Yes. So we find out, of course, that Fuego has a match with Miro for the TNT title. What we find out on this part here from Excalibur is that if he wins the match, he gets that eluded contract that he's been looking for. Or the elusive contract, I should say, that he's looking for. If he wins this match. Then a few more matches are announced. For Dynamite next week, we get Sammy Guevara. They get Sean Spears. And then the big one that we're looking, we're looking forward to, Star, uh, Sting and Darby Allen versus 2.0 and a Texas Tornado match. Then we get another video. It's of Joey Janela turning on Sonny Kiss from, from Elevation. They've been teasing this for a few months, and it finally happened. So Joey Janela is doing what his nickname says. He is being a bad, bad boy. <laughs> now we find ourselves at the main event. Chris Jericho versus Wardlow with MJF. Now, this is the fourth labor, is what they're calling it. A series of matches that MJF has put Chris Jericho through so that Chris Jericho could earn a match with MJF. This has been an ongoing feud for over a year, it seems. The feud itself and then the buildup where they were actually together as a team has lasted what seems like forever. So they're stretching yeah. this thing out. This could be the, I don't see where you go from this. This, this should be the, the end all. Uh, last, last week, when they announced that Wardlow was going to be the fourth competitor facing Jericho, I was a little disappointed. Very disappointed. So this was the order they had. They had Chris Jericho fight Sean Spears. That's a great thing to start out. Okay, one person of the pinnacle. Then they bring in Nick Gage. They have that hardcore death match. Then they bring in a Wrestler from the past, Juventud Guerrero. So you're thinking, who are they bringing in next? Yeah. They've set us up. And then they just announced Wardlow. And you're kind of like, I mean, nothing against Wardlow. But, I mean, I could like a great restaurant. But if you take me to Disney World before that restaurant, I'm going to be talking about Disney World. Yeah. You know, if you go, hey, we'll go to Disney World and afterwards, you know, we'll go to Chuck E. Cheese or something like that, you know, even though Chuck E. Cheese is great. But you just set me up first for Disney World. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a little down, like, like, oh, I went to Disney World and now, now you want to take me to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed. I was disappointed as well. So the match itself. Well, before I begin on that. I mentioned when I make mistakes that I I forgot the inner circle name. And as you were making those edits last week, I listened to it, and you could tell when I remembered the name inner circle. Because it went Chris Jericho's inner circle. And then I reset I said it again. This time it just reminded me of the nineteen eighty nine Survivor series. When the Widowmaker, Barry Windham, was supposed to be on Macho Man Randy Savage's team, the King's Court, and he left the company. So they debuted the Earthquake. 
So if you check it out on YouTube or you can check it out on Peacock, you go to Survivor Series 1989. When they get to the four by fours, which was led by Hexall Jim Duggan, a personal favorite of mine. It'll go with team captains, Macho Man Randy Savage, Hexall Jim Duggan, you know, and then they'll they'll say the other teammates. They could say, you know, Brett the Hitman Harden, and Great the Hammer Valentine, Hercules, and Dino Bravo. And then they'll be rugged Ronnie Garvin, and then, and then all of a sudden you're in the earthquake. Like it was just like completely not lined up with any other name, and that's what it kind of reminded me of. So went off on a little tangent there, a little. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, so I thought that was funny. If you would have left that in. Exactly. There you go. You're welcome. It was kind of like when uh when Chef from South Park oh, had left them and then they did the one episode where they just used words he had already recorded before. Yeah. So he'd be like, How are you doing? Children. <laughs> you like it just didn't match up. That's what it kind of sounded like. But anyways, so the inner circle, they're banned from ringside they can't help during the match the match itself it's pretty much at, barring the code breaker that chris jericho uses on wardlow in the beginning of the match that wardlow kicks out of it's pretty much wardlow dominating using the outside post a lot throwing jericho into the railing throwing him against the ring lots of power bombs in fact the second power bomb wardlow does Seems like he's about to drop Jericho on his head. They adjust, and then he nails it. And then it's just complete power bombs through the commercial time or the the little screen, screen by screen, whatever, picture by picture that they do. Not really exciting. A slow-paced match. I believe this match was more about the story than the actual action in the ring. You have the monster Wardlow just dominating Jericho. They're not putting on a five-star match, but they're getting their point across that it's going to take a lot for Jericho be to beat Wardlow. So back from the break, Wardlow hits his finisher, the F10. But he's not done with Jericho. He wants to punish him even more. Jericho then reverses a move I believe he calls the casualty of war. It's when he sets an opponent up on the ring, drops them down right into his knee, and the ref comes by and just says, all right, the match is done. He's knocked him out. So Jericho reverses this move into the walls of Jericho. Mm -hmm. A great reversal there. MJF starts interfering. He rakes Jericho's eyes. Then he tries to get in the ring to give Wardlow his ring that he won from a battle royal. And the ref catches him, throws MJF out. That's where I see Charlie, yes. the security guard. You'll notice him. He'll have a beard, longer hair. He is prominent on Sammy Guevara's vlog. Love Charlie. Very funny dude. He has a history with MJF. He has a, a history with him on the vlog and also on the show. Years ago, MJF embarrassed Charlie in the ring, had him kiss his ring that he had on his finger and and then he punched him anyways punched charlie anyways and charlie always had a bandana against him i believe i mentioned it before about him setting him up acting yeah. like he scared mjf so it was good to see charlie kind of getting some sort of revenge pushing mjf to the back as this is happening jericho finds floyd his bat 
He hits Wardlow with the bat and then hits the Judas Effect, the spinning elbow, and gets the win. And now you have MJF versus Chris Jericho as the fifth labor. Jericho gets his match. It's happening next week. You think it's all done. He's celebrating. Sean Spears comes in, attacks Jericho for behind. Here comes Sammy Guevara out for the save. Nice to see that I don't believe they played Sammy Guevara's music. No. I always find, found it funny. But it was it was great when they did it with Stone Cold back in the day where yeah. your, your friend's getting beat up, but you have to have your music hit before you hit the ring. Yeah. You know, I told I told Ashley, I go, you better be careful. You know, I might I might select Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. It's my entrance music, and I'm not coming out until the dee-do-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-do part hits. Because if you show up with groceries and you call me and say, I need some help bringing the groceries in, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait for the buildup. You guys think that he's kidding. He will actually do this. And I will play it. I will play it right by the door. And all you hear is the I want my about 20 times with the slow buildup. I believe you. Until the drums hit. And I that is when I will come out to help you. How many other times have you done this to me? <laughs> you know, if I was in professional wrestling, if we put it in a real life tense here, if I showed up, I would just be friends with people that had entrance music that get right to the point. Like, I'm like, hey, how long is your entrance music and when do you usually come out? And the guy's like, hey, I come out three seconds right after it hits. The glass shatters. I'm out. I'm like, good. I want you watching my back. If somebody else is like, no, you know, I kind of lay back. I let it simmer. I wait for that key part. I might not be that friend. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I don't want to sit there, listen to this music as 10 guys are kicking me in the head. I'm waiting for you to come out, waiting for your cue. So I want somebody with some quick reaction, a short to the point entrance song. So back to this, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, his music doesn't play. He's coming right out. He's like, forget this. I don't need the entrance music. I'm coming out. So he starts hitting up Sean Spears because they got a match coming up anyways. So that's a good build on that. MJF then hits Jericho with the salt of the earth Fujiwara armbar. One of my favorite maneuvers of all time. I love it. Jericho's tapping. He keeps beating on him. MJF keeps beating on Jericho until Jake Hager comes out to clear them all out. And that's when MJF, walking into the back, names the stipulation for next week. He says there will be no Judas effect. And get this, what I just talked about. No entrance music for Chris Jericho. So there will not be the sing-along that you see every week. I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Well, I have a feeling that if Jericho wins, there's going to be a big sing-along to end the show. I feel like the fans are going to sing it no matter what. Yeah. You know what? I didn't even think of That's a Off great idea. You know, I, I have a feeling, you know, that it's a song that you think about. They know the words. That is going to be, I hope they do. That, I didn't even I think about that. I have a feeling that. that once, you know, because he did this, a lot of the fans that are going to be there, they're going to be singing it, and he's going to have his interest music no matter what. Yeah, I hope they do. That is, I'm going to, that's probably one of the greatest ideas I've ever heard. And I'm not just saying that. That is, I didn't even think about it. And here you are. I mean, think about how loud, you know, everybody sings it with the music. Can you imagine without it? It's just going to be an awesome, still moment. 
for him. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I hope they do that. That would be perfect. So if Jericho hits this Judas effect at any time during the match, MJF wins. I'm not really sure what the repercussions are if Jericho loses. Is it just like a pride type of thing? Maybe. I don't know if there was really... It was like the storyline was the build-up to get to MJF, but you know what happens if there's a loss? So maybe, maybe they'll say it. Or maybe there isn't. Maybe it's just a pride thing because MJF mentioned that Jericho's 0-2 versus him. He even, he even references Conor McGregor with the Mystic Mac that he predicts these things, that he's going to win. So we'll have to see. Who do you think pulls it out? You think Jericho's going to pull it out and complete the whole underdog comeback? Or do you think this is just an elaborate thing to really put a focus on MJF? I don't know. That's a hard thing. I mean, I guess... I would kind of go for MJF. Yeah, you would think. Uh, with all the top superstars possibly yeah. coming coming in. I, th I think you kind of need that top bad guy type, type of feel with him. Yeah, this would be a good uh, launching pad. Finally mm -hmm. putting Chris Jericho out. Chris Jericho will probably take some time off. Because this is right before that pay-per-view hits on September 5th. All out. Another match that they announced that we kind of had a feeling, even though Christian Cage is battling Kenny Omega Friday here for the Impact World title, he's got Kenny Omega as of right now for the AEW championship at All Out. Yeah. I don't know if the crowd was really into that. I don't know if I'm really into that. But I suppose it's, it's a nice name. It's Christian. You have to have that sometimes when the title isn't the main course yeah. of the event you, you know the cm punk the daniel bryan rumors the you name it rumors the world title is kind of taking a back seat however if it was adam page different story yeah i'd be more excited so does adam page somehow come back into the story here before all out or do they wait till afterwards those are some questions that hopefully will be answered in the next few weeks I hope you enjoyed our show today. We're going to try to do another one for Rampage. We're going to try to keep this show going every week. And we would love for you to join us. Join in on the comment section if you want. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.